Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. upon them in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask for God that you increase them more and more day and their households in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to church once again. And those of you that are joining us online, welcome, welcome. We are always happy to have you. Like Pastor always say, we know you have 1,001 thing you can be doing right now, but you have chosen to fellowship with us even though you're doing that online. So I'll just encourage you, make sure you put away all distraction, get your Bibles, get your writing pad, and make sure you're fully here so you can enjoy the benefits of being in the presence of God this morning. Before I go on, how is the fast going? Glory. (laughs) Some of us, our mouths cannot move anymore. (laughs) Amen. The Lord will strengthen us in the name of Jesus. We will not grow tired, we will not grow weary, and we will not lose our rewards in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I go on, I'll just read some jokes. A police officer pulled over a driver and informed him that because he was wearing a seatbelt, he had just won $1,000 in a safety competition. The officer asked him, what are you going to do with the prize money? He responded, I guess I'll go driving. I'll go to driving school and get my license. <laughs> At that moment, his wife, who was sitting next to him, spoke up and said, "Officer, don't listen to him. He's always trying to act smart when he's drunk." <laughs> this woke up the guy in the back seat who blotted out. I knew he wouldn't get far in this stolen car. <laughs> Right about that time, there was a knock from the trunk, and a voice asked, are we over the border yet? <laughs> I guess the money as well will not be sufficient to claim from the police custody. Amen. An, an old Italian gentleman lived alone in New Jersey. He wanted to plant his annual tomato garden, but it was very difficult, difficult work because the ground was hard. His only son, Vincent, who used to help him was in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son describing his predicament. Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you'll be happy to dig the plot for me like the old days, love, Papa. A few days later, he received a letter from his son. Dear Papa, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vinny. <laughs> At 4 a.m. the next morning, FBI agents, local police arrived, dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologized to the old man and left. The same day, the old man received another letter from his son. Dear Papa, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. <laughs> That's the best I could do under the circumstance. Love, Vinny. So that's smart move. Amen. Amen. Can we take our confession? Every day, 
And in every way, I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. In my thoughts, in my words, and in my action. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you this morning. We approach your word like those that have found a treasure. This morning, Lord, we ask that you speak to us expressly, O God. Father, we ask for seeing eyes, hearing ears, and hearts that understand. We ask that you'd speak to us in the name of Jesus and we'll be doers and not hearers only in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to be rounding us off on the topic I started yesterday, talking about effective fasting, fasting effectively. Because like I said, this year, we don't want to fast for fasting's sake. We want to fast. We want a fast that will change us. We want a fast that will draw us closer to the Lord. And last week, when I ended the ceremony, last week, I, um, I ended with us with a quote from a man of God that said, if our fasting will not move, it will not move God. So I hope we are making our fast move God. Most importantly, we are making God to visit with us this season. So I'm going to be reading our text is found in the book of Mark chapter 2, verse 18 to 22. Mark chapter 2, verse 18 to 22. The disciples of Jesus, um, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is still with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. No one sews a piece of unshrunk clothes on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the wines burst and the wineskins, the wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. For new wine must be put into new wineskins. So this morning, before I go to the next scripture, this morning, one thing I want us to pay emphasis on is the things the Lord is saying to us in this house. This morning, in this text we've just read, verse 21 and 26, it says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk clothes on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away the old and the chair is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine busts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. For new wine must be put into new wineskin. This season, the Lord is said to do something new in our lives. This season, the Lord is said to move us to another phase in our journey with him, in our walk, in all aspects of our life. And that's the warning he's giving us, that he doesn't want us to get spilled up. He doesn't want us to get damaged because of the mistake we are going to make, or because we want to contain the things the Lord is going to do with us based on the past experiences we've had with him. Our experiences of yesterday is not sufficient for what the Lord is going to be doing with us. I know that we are holding on to the word of the Lord that came to us during the crossover service. The Lord has said so many things and I'm expectant as a person. 
So that's what I want us to do. We are preparing our hearts. That's what this fast is for. We are preparing our hearts, getting ourselves ready for what the Lord is going to do. So we are getting our wineskins ready. We are getting our hearts ready. We are enlarging our hearts. We are enlarging our tent in this season. That's what this fast is helping us to do. The next text is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18 says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your Father who is in secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And that's what this fast is. We are not doing it so to win the applaud of men. We are not doing it so that people will know that we are fasting. We are doing it because this is our hiding place. This is what those that know their God, that's what they do. We go to the hiding place and it says, the Lord who sees in secret rewards openly. And those are the mindsets we are having through this um, fasting. Last week, we established that what we want a purpose. We want an expectation. We are declaring a plan for those fasts. We are not just fasting for fasting's sake. We have a purpose towards it. And we already said last week too that we are going to observe watches so that we can maintain our confessions, so that we can anchor our boat on the same place. We can anchor ourselves on the word of God. We are going to put the word before us, our worship and studying of the word. We are going to put all of those things in our face. But most importantly, we are doing it because we know there is an expectation. There is an end that we are trying to achieve. And that's what the Bible says. The expectation of the righteous will not be cultured. And, the, and this text makes us understand that law that sees in secret, nobody might know what we are doing, nobody might understand what they are doing. But the law that sees in secret will reward you openly. So when people start seeing the manifestation, when people start seeing the change of level, they'll be wondering what happened, not knowing that you have done the groundwork. This morning, before I continue, We've been saying it that this fasting is to prepare us for something new. This fasting is to get us ready for what the Lord is going to do. But there are certain things that fasting is not for. Fasting does not change God. Fasting changes us. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. We don't fast to bribe God. If God has said something about us, we are not fasting because we want God to change his mind. We are not fasting to bribe God. Rather, we are fasting to change ourselves, to align our hearts to what the Lord is going to do. In fasting, we are trying to get something from God. We are not trying to get something from God, but we are seeking to realign our hearts to the things that the Lord is doing. We are trying to realign our hearts to the things that the Lord is doing. That's what we are trying to do. We are trying to position ourselves. We are trying to, to, to be a receptor of the things God is going to do. We are trying to position ourselves to make sure that we are able to receive directly from heaven, unhindered or clouded, without being clouded with everything that is happening around us. So what are some of the benefits that we expect to see in our life in this season? What are the things that we expect to see in our lives? I call them benefits. These are not exhaustive. I just want us to look at a few of those things. What are the things that we want to see as we embark on this journey? What are the things we want to see? Because like we said, if you don't know what you're looking out for, when those things happen, then you don't know how to measure them. That's what I keep saying. So the first thing we want to see, one of the first benefits we want to see is that Fasting is going to cause us to desire more of God. It's going to cause us to desire more of God. We have left the food. He's just like what the um, disciples said to Jesus Christ. One of them said to him, we have left brothers, we have left sisters, we have left 
Father, we have left all of those things to follow you. What is in it for us? And the Lord said, to him, nobody that has left any of those things. He said, in this life, you get those things. But in eternal life, there is more. So what are the things that we, we, we are going to experience? If you are living our food, we are living social media, we are living games, we are living all of those pleasures. What are the things we are expecting to see? What are the things we are expecting to see in our lives? Because we are showing, when, 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 when we fast, we are showing to God that we want you more than we want food. We desire you. Our hunger for you surpasses our hunger for food. Our hunger for you surpasses the hunger for social media. Our hunger for you surpasses the clamor of men or the praises of men. And that's why we that's why we draw back from the crowd. Even Jesus Christ, after doing all of this miracles, say he will withdraw from the crowd so he can be with the Father. And that's what we are doing too. We are withdrawing from all of the things that we are accustomed to. We are withdrawing from all of the pleasures that we enjoy personally so that we can be with the Father. So that we can be with the Father. And in this society where we live, back in Africa or back in some other places, there might be starvation because people can't afford food or there's scarcity of food. And I want us to know, starvation is not the same thing as fasting. Because starvation is because you don't have the food. But fasting, you're intentionally withholding yourself from eating. So fasting and starvation are not the same thing. So I want us to clarify that. But when we fast in this society, food is everywhere. Especially this time of the year now, there's feasting, happy new year, there's cookies everywhere in offices, there's potluck going on and everywhere. Even when you don't have money to buy food, the food bank, the system has been programmed so that nobody goes to bed hungry. There's food bank everywhere that you can go to and get food. Our body has been designed to operate in two, two flows. And the first one is feasting, eating. And the next one is fasting. Because when you eat and you keep eating all the time, your body will not be able to process it. And it's going to get to a point that you're going to damage your system because you're overworking it. So naturally, God has programmed our body to have a time of feasting and, in, and a time of fasting. Feasting is for celebrating. Fasting is for transformation. If you want to be transformed, I'm not talking about physical transformation that you lose weight of. I'm talking about inward transformation. Because what we are spirit beings, we are spirit beings. We have a soul, but we live in a body. We are spirit beings. We have a soul, and we live in a body. So when we talk about transformation, we're not talking about a, transform, a transformation in our look. We are talking about a transformation in our spirit now, which is the real us. So if we want a transformation in who we really have, then we go on a fast. So we fast to be transformed. We fast to be transformed. And that's the thing we want us to, to look forward to, that as we are abstaining from food, that we want to get closer to the Lord. As we are abstaining from food, we want to get closer to the Lord. What does the Bible have to say about food? Look at what David said in Psalm 63, verse 1. Psalm 63, verse 1. He says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. It's not his stomach that thirsts for the Lord. He says, My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. My soul thirsts for you in this weary, I mean, this weary land where there is no water. And Jesus Christ said something in in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says what? But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. For a lot of us, we have stopped at that bread alone. That's where we are. 
we are living by bread alone. We are not living by the word that is coming from the mouth of God. We've nourished our body at the expense of our spirits. Some of us, we are giants. We look robust. Our muscles are built physically, but our spirit man is a dwarf. Our spirit man can't even stand to any challenge. That's our encouragement this year, that this year, no more. We are gathering strength in the place of the spirit this year. We are fasting so that we can gain momentum, so that our soul can be anchored on the Lord. We are gathering and sharpening our spiritual senses this year, so that the Lord will have us prepared for those things that he has ahead for us. And no more are we going to lose our edge again. In this year, as the Lord has prepared us, all of the advantages we are getting in the place of prayer, all of the advantages we are able to get through this fast, that we are not going to lose it to food again in the name of Jesus Christ. For us to, to generate and sustain the type of power that we need this year, we need to make fasting, we need to make fasting our friend this year. For us to be able to sustain the things the Lord is going to do through us and in us, like I said at the beginning of the year, it's not just what the Lord wants to get across to us. It's not what the Lord wants to do for us. It's what the Lord wants to do in us that I want us to focus on this year. So for us to be able to sustain those things, we have to make fasting a regular thing throughout the year. So don't wait for a pastor to call another fast or anything. Make sure, like, personally, you're having your own, you're declaring a fast for yourself so that you can clear out all of the cloudiness of the world and, and, and position yourself to be able to, to hear from the Lord. And that reminds me, whenever we call for the communion, every first Friday of the month, there is also fasting. So it's prayer and fasting. So there is prayer, we pray, we fast and we pray. Then we come together in the evening to break bread together. So at least you have that opportunity to, to fast on a monthly basis. And at the middle of the year, we are going to be having our revive um, program. And I'm sure we're going to be having a fasting during that time. So prepare your mind. But most, uh, most importantly, call fast for yourself. I don't know the frequency you want to make. Maybe every other month quarterly or whatever it is, but make sure you have a personal time. Don't wait for the corporate time. Make sure you have a personal time that you'll be reaching out for, for the word of God. And look at what Isaiah has to say, still on the issue of this food. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 to 2. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 to 2. It says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. So this morning, I'm, I'm asking you, is anyone thirsty? Is anyone hungry for the Lord? It says, come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take off your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. It says, why spend your money on food that does not, do, that does not give you strength? And that's the mistake most of us make. We think when we eat, we have stamina. It's telling us, why spend your time, why spend your energy, why spend your resource on food that does not give strength? The strength that we need as as spiritual beings, it's not just the ones that come from food. That's secondary. The first and the most important thing we need for sustenance as spiritual beings is to make sure we are nourished in our spirit man. To make sure we are nourished. This is why pay for food that draws you no good. Listen to me and you eat what is good. You enjoy the finest food. You enjoy the finest food. John chapter 3 verse 34. John chapter 3 verse 34 says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Is that how we see the work of the Lord? Is that how we see the calling of God upon our lives? That our food is to do the work of the Lord. 
is that have we attached so much importance to the things the Lord has laid on our heart, or is when I have time, I will do that, or when, when resources permit, I will do what the Lord has taught me to do. The Bible is saying to us, Jesus Christ is a perfect example. He's saying here that he says, my food is to do the will of him who has sent me. And let this be the attitude we are going to carry around this year, that our food this year, the most important thing we want to carry on this year, the most important mentality we want to have throughout the year is to do the will of him who has sent us. Remember, we've been saying it, that we have to have that mentality that we are going about our father's business. We are going about our father's business. We are going about our father's business. Just to end the issue of food, we don't eat for strength. We don't eat because we have to eat. We don't eat because we have groceries in our fridge. We don't eat because uh, that's a good thing to eat. And some of us, we've even made these three square meals. Hear what the Bible has to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 16 to 17, concerning food, still on the issue of food. It says, Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. The blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles, and your princes feast at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. So we feast for strength. We feast for strength is when you know you need to recharge your body. That's when you, it's not because there's, you have to eat breakfast, you eat uh, dinner. You, no, this year, make sure you are in control of your appetite. Make sure you are in control of your appetite so that the enemy will not have all lose all of those things that we have gained for the rest of the year in the name of Jesus Christ. So the first thing I've said is fasting what? It brings us closer to the Lord. Fasting brings us, it makes us to desire more of God because when we fast, it shows to God that we desire him more than we desire things. We desire him more than we desire social media. We desire him more than we desire the praise of men. We desire him more than we desire things that are happening around us. So that's what our fast, whatever it is you're fasting from, that's why it pains to the Lord. That's why it says to the Lord. And the second thing is, fasting helps us to bypass the emotions of our flesh. Fasting helps us to bypass the emotions of our flesh. We can become easily irritated when we are hungry. They always say that, that when you are hungry, it's not a good time to go grocery shopping. Because you know you're hungry, you want to buy everything, both the ones you need. You, you go to the grocery store when you're hungry, you buy the one you need. You won't think you would need. You end up buying more than you need. That's what happens. And at the same time, when we are fasting, we are arousing so many things. You know, it's like you're getting your body agitated. Like, why are you starving me? I, I always have my way. Now I'm not having my way. You start getting irritated and behaving anyhow. And that's what happened to me actually this week. I remember, I think it was two days ago, my, uh, myself and my husband was asking me something. And the pastor was already turning my eyes. <laughs> I was just laughing at him. Like, so I said, are you okay? <laughs> So I said, I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay. I have to just go back and Lord, I'm fasting. Fasting is supposed to suppress my body, not make my body lose. So I have to remind myself, that's the main thing. I'm, that's what this exercise is supposed to do in me, to help me suppress my body so that this, the, the body is not in charge of me. So I had to just, Lord, help me. Help me in this work. Help me in this work. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 says what? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such 
there is no law. Against such, there is no law. So when we start noticing that, okay, the thing I'm supposed to suppress is the one suppressing me. <laughs> you have to declare who is in charge. That's when you need to take a break and just go and depend on you and you speak to the Holy Spirit, speak to him that, okay, I know this is not how I'm supposed to be behaving. Would you please help me? Would you please help me? Would you please help me in this season? And the third thing is, fasting helps us to open our hearts to hear God's voice. Fasting helps us to open our hearts to hear God's voice. How many of you have, been, have noticed a difference in your life in this last few days? Like in your prayer, when you've been praying, that it's much easier to pray or you're still struggling. I'm sure a lot of us would have noticed that there's a big difference in, in our attentiveness to the, the Spirit of God. When we are studying, things is getting clearer. Even when you're studying or when you're praying, you don't have to spend too much time winding yourself to be in the flow because now you don't have any distractions. You don't have anything weighing you down. You don't have any of those things that is clouding your mind. Your, your attention is clear. Your mind is clear to be able to focus your attention on God. And that's what fasting does. It helps us to shed all of those weights, all of those things that easily distract us, all of those things that take our attention from the Lord. Fasting helps us to put them aside so that we can focus our attention on God. And for a lot of us, you might be at crossroads. You're thinking, what type of car should I buy? What kind of career should I go into? Or I'm, I'm trying to start a business. What type of business should I go into? Or you are on a project at work and you need the, the, the inspiration of God concerning something and you're wondering, how do I do this? How do I get this idea? The best way to do that is through this fast is to separate yourself from all of those noise and go outside. It's the best time to hear God speak to you clearly regarding decisions that you need to, to take. If you're trying to take a serious decision in your life, like Pastor always say, it's not when you're eating pizza or you're going around McDonald's that you're going to sacrifice major decisions in your life to the table of McDonald's. So we need to take time off to make sure we are focusing our attention on the Lord. Once you take this time off, you are able to hear God more clearly. You are able to know what the Lord is saying to you. You are not confused. You are not confused because the Bible says, it says he's going to say to us, this is the way, walk ye in it. But that doesn't happen until we separate ourselves from all of the distractions. Until we separate ourselves from all of the distractions. Galatians, the same Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Say, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's the thing. We want to be, we want to be accustomed to the voice of the spirit. We want to be accustomed to the voice of the spirit. That is not when, when something happens. Like I said, we don't want to be emergency Christian. That is when something happens, you're trying to call on to God. Nine-one prayer. No, we want to be accustomed to the spirit of God. We want to be accustomed to the voice of God. That we are not visitor in our father's house. So the third thing is fasting communicates to God that we are dependent on Him. There's nothing that says to God that Lord, I depend on you. There's nothing that says to God that I can't do this by my own strength. I can't do this in my own way. Then when we separate ourselves to actually wait on Him. It shows to God that we depend on him. We don't have the know-how. We don't have the skills needed. We don't have the experiences needed, but we need you. And that's what fasting says to us. It communicates to him that 
we need him more than we need anything else, more than we need anyone else, that he is our priority. Some of the stories we looked at last week, Chronicles, the story of Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3 and verse 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'll read verse 3 first. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. He proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judea. And verse 12 says, This is what, this is what Jehoshaphat says, says, All are God. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are on you, upon the Lord. That's Jehoshaphat's testimony. He said, do something against this. And we know that we are looking to you. We are not saying to God that, Lord, help us. And behind, we are trying to work out things. We are trying to make things work out together. You know, one of the words that came to us during the Passover service, pastor said something that the Lord is going to do something for us, do certain things for us. But he says, don't put your hand in it. Don't help God. Don't help God. You're believing God for a job. That's not the time to go and look for if you have an uncle or you have a colleague that can give you reference or that can help you fast track the method. Or you're trusting God for provision. That's not the time to start writing letters that, oh, oh man, I'm broke. No, that's not the time. Go to your secret place. It says the Lord that sees in secret will be what's open. Go to the secret place. Talk to God and not to men. Remember the message pastor preached this? The man at the pool house. So he said, I have no man. We are not looking for man in this season. We are looking for God. So we are not going to look at the things we have or the things we don't have. Rather, we want our eyes to be on God. We want our eyes to be on God. We want to say to God that we depend on him. We depend on him. We are not trying to help God out. We don't want to put our hand in the process. We don't want to mingle with the process. And it doesn't mean we are going to sit back and not do anything. That we are not putting our hand in the process does not mean we are sitting back. We are not putting our hand in process means what? We are in our secret place. We are praying to God. We are asking him for instruction. What would you have me do? What would you have me do? How would you have me act in this situation? Who would you want me to speak to if I thought you want me to speak to? Or who do you want to speak to on my behalf? So we are asking God. We are not asking men. We are not looking to people. We are looking to God. What would you have us do in this season? Because our eyes are on him and not on people. Our eyes are on him and not on the situation. We are not looking at contrary winds. Look at another story of Ezra. Story from Ezra. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21 to 23. Ezra chapter 8 verse 21 to 23 says, Our God, our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him. For his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly pledged that, prayed that our God would take care of us. And he helped and he heard our prayers. He heard our prayers. I think I skipped the first part, verse 21. The verse 21 says, And there by the Avar canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us and our children and our goods as we traveled. So they've made a boast. This was Esther talking. They've made a boast to the king that the God we serve is protect. The God we serve is able to, to see us, he's going to watch over our goods, he's going to watch over our children, our camels, and everything on this journey. But after they had said all of this, after they had made their boast in the king, to the king, they went for, they called for a fast. They called for a fast and told the Lord that the Lord will see us, the Lord will see them through. And they did that. And that's what I said, that after we've made our confessions, after we've made all of our boasts 
in the Lord. We don't rest there. We don't stop there. We go back to our secret place and challenge heaven. We don't stop there. We don't just make our confessions. We don't just stop by the words of our mouth. We make sure that everyone is hearing us. And that's what we do with our fast. We consecrate ourselves to make sure that, Lord, we've spoken your word out in boldness. We've spoken your word out of courage, out of trust for you. Lord, would you now do what you alone can do? So our fast says to the Lord that we trust him, that we depend on him. That's what our fast says to the Lord. And the last thing is fasting gives power to our prayers. Fasting gives power to our prayers. We might have been praying over issues for some time. Maybe you have issues that you've been praying for, you've been believing the Lord, you pray once in a while, or you pray, and things are not changing. Things are not working out the way you expect them to, or you're not seeing the results that you, you, you ought to see. This is the time to add fasting to that prayer, because fasting makes your prayer to be more effective. Look at what Jesus Christ said to his disciples in this scripture. In, Matthew, in Mark chapter 9, verse 28 to 29, this is Jesus Christ talking. After the disciples, they tried to cast out the demons. They've seen Jesus Christ do it, and they're like, okay, we should be able to do this. But they couldn't. See what Jesus Christ said when they asked him, why couldn't we do this? He says, and when he had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So there are certain things that will not respond to your voice. There are certain things that will not respond to your shouting. There are certain things that will not respond to you complaining about them, but by prayer and fasting, but by prayer and fasting. And that's what we want to do this, this year. We are gaining our hedge this year. We are gaining momentum this year. We want to be anchored close to the Lord. We want to be anchored where the Lord is sitting. We don't want to be far from him. And that's what this fasting is doing. Please, I'm encouraging us. Make sure you make this a lifestyle as we go through the year. Make sure you make this a lifestyle so that you get accustomed to the ways of the Lord. You get accustomed to the things the Lord is saying. You get accustomed to the voice of the Lord. And you're not stranded at any point in time. It's not when situation comes. It's not when challenges come. That's not when we want to start running to the Lord. We want the Lord to start revealing things to us, either things that are to come or things that are happening to us at the moment. We want the Lord to start revealing his heart and his plans to us in this season. Before I run out, I'll just recall all of the things we've talked about, some of the things we want to see in our lives as we embark on this journey. He says what? We want to desire more. We want to desire more. We want to say to God that, Lord, we want you more than we want things. We want you more than we want things. We want to be able to bypass the emotions of our flesh so that we are in tune with what the Spirit is doing. We are spirit beings, but not only are earthly unrelevant. We don't want to be so mean that people are wondering, ah, she calls herself a Christian or he calls himself a Christian. Why is he always very irritated when things are happening? We want to be controlled by the Spirit and not controlled by our flesh. And the third thing is, Fasting helps our hearts to open, open our hearts to hear from God. It helps us to hear more clearly from God. So this season, we want to make sure that we are hearing clearly from the Lord. We want to know what the Lord is saying to us, that we are not, we are not listening to contrary winds. And the fourth thing is, it communicates to God that we are dependent on Him. If you have anything you've been praying, long outstanding issue, this is the time to say to the Lord, in this matter, whatever that matter is, Lord, would you please... Step in on my behalf. In this matter, whatever it is, say to the Lord, Father, please step in 
on my behalf. And the last thing is, it gives power to our prayers. The Bible says something, it says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we will receive power. So it's not just um, power that we generate once in a while or when we're in church or when we are in corporate time together. In our individual lives, we want to be able to generate power. We want to be able to generate power to do those things that we are supposed to do. We're supposed to cast out demons. We're supposed to pray for the sick and they should be healed. We want to pray for provision. So we're supposed to be able to do that. It's not when things happen that we now want to call on the pastor to pray for us. We want to be able to generate power ourselves. But when we come together corporately, we are pulling together an enormous power because what each individual is able to generate something on their own. So when we come together, we are able to generate a much greater power. But before I round up this morning, I just want to leave us with this word we, uh, from John Piper. This is something he said, and it struck me more, a lot, and I've been thinking about that for, for a while since I saw it. He says, he says, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. I don't know if you get that. It says, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. So if you're not fasting, that means that you're content with the fact that Christ is not in you and you're okay with that. He says, if we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the word and our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. We have had so much at the table of the word. We have nibbled on this. We have done a bit of um, gossip. We have done a bit of social media. We have done a bit of laziness, a bit of sleeplessness. Like you have done all of these extra things and you don't have room for the great. And that's what happens in real life. If you put junk food down, you eat cookies here, you eat chocolate here, when it's time to eat the real food, you won't have space in your stomach for the real thing. And that's what is happening to a lot of us Christians. We've nibbled so much at the table of the world that we don't have, there's no space in our soul for the great, for the king of glory to inhabit our lives. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ. I hope with this few points of mine, I have not confused us. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We ask, oh God, that you back this word with signs. We want us following in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask that the power of your word is upon every Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.